You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, yoga teacher. If you've ever wondered if having a yoga business is an oxymoron, or felt concerned that treating your teaching like a business might make you behave unethically, I think today's episode will provide some food for thought. In the episode, I talk about the overlap between yoga principles and running a business, and specifically how to run your business in a way that actually supports your ethics, and also how practicing yoga is good for any business owner. If you're a regular listener, you might notice that the style of today's episode is a little different because it was originally a Facebook Live. So I did the entire thing in one take without the chance to stop and start over if I mess up like I sometimes do when I'm recording a solo episode like this one. If you enjoy this style, make sure you're following me on social media where I do mini trainings like this on a regular basis, both inside my Facebook group and on Instagram. You can find direct links at teachingyoga.net slash join. Now let's jump right in to the mini training on yoga business ethics, and I'll see you on the other side. I'm here to talk about ethics and business and the way that they overlap today. So this is an important topic, and it's, I think, a more robust and interesting topic than a lot of people imagine. As yoga teachers, most of us did not get into this thinking that we were wanting to run a business because I've talked about this before, but I think that this is something lacking in teacher training is just the understanding that when you're a yoga teacher, you become a business owner. And it took me a long time to figure that out. So I like to talk about it a lot, especially to newer teachers, because it just made everything make so much more sense to me once I figured this out. Um, and it also empowered me to make some different choices. Now, you don't have to be a business owner when you're a teacher. Um, you could definitely have it. You could teach as a, um, a hobby a lot of people do. They have another job and then they teach yoga for fun. And that's really cool. Another common situation is people think of teaching solely as their service. And that is great, too, um, if you have another way of making a living. Both of these other situations assume that either you have somebody who can pay your living expenses or you have another job. Um, and the extra time and energy and bandwidth to add teaching yoga to it. Uh, most yoga teachers don't aren't fully committed to it being a hobby. They actually would like to make some money from it. Even if it's not a full-time living, they'd like to make enough money at the very least to pay for their own trainings. Um, but even in that case, that would be more of a hobby situation, right? If you don't actually take your means, your means of survival from it, that's really a hobby. Like you can make a little money with your hobby and like have your hobby pay for itself. What I want to say about ethics and 
and business is that there are some places where they really overlap in ways that are mutually beneficial to the values that you have and also success in your business. So that's what I really want to talk about. How can having a values-based business actually be good for your business and also good for your values and not just, oh, don't compromise your values. I'm not even, I'm not saying just don't compromise your values. I'm saying your values can be awesome for your business and vice versa. So the first piece of that is to get really clear on what they are. And when you are clear on what your values are, then you will be good at talking about them. You will be able to share them in a way that other people can resonate with and connect with. And this is important for a few reasons. One is that the more you, the more you talk about your values, the more front and center they are for you. And I think one of the ways that just as humans, we get into the situation of less ethical or unethical behavior is because we have gotten distracted from what's really important. We have probably gotten into survival mode and survival mode is not a great place to make good decisions from. And I'll talk about that later, (laughs) how to make good decisions. But the more that we contemplate our values, the more we talk about our values, the more that we will really bring them into our daily lives. I think that this is essential. I think this is essential for running a business based on those values. And I also think it's essential for being a human who cares and who who wants this sense of uh, congruency or alignment, you want to live in alignment with your values. You want your business to be in alignment with your values. So you should talk about them a lot. And then the side effect or the positive side effect to that is that you're going to attract people who share those same values. And that is going to be fun. That's going to be rewarding to work with people who care about the same things you care about. Now, I'm not saying in any way that people who don't share your values are less worthy of you helping them or that you have to turn somebody away because they don't share your values. But generally we feed off of each other as humans. And so it is, it tends to be more rewarding when, you know, we can share something about yoga philosophy and the person we shared it with is like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Oh. And then they kind of add a little insight and you're like, Whoa, I never thought about it that way. And It just, we support each other and feed each other when we share values. And so the the other side effect or or other just effect of sharing your values often is that you are going to repel people who have opposite values. And now, mostly when we're talking about business, we don't really want to repel people, or at least not at first glance. We think, well, I would never want to repel anyone Um, And that partially that comes from taking our business too personally. If you don't repel some people just because there's such diversity in the world, you're basically going to be super, super bland. So if you stand for something, if you have values, then some people are going to like really resonate and, and 
connect and other people are going to either be completely disinterested, which is kind of best case scenario where the people who don't share your values just scroll on by, or sometimes they'll be actually repelled in a way they'll, they'll feel unpleasant feelings, which as yoga teachers, we tend to be kind of nervous about, like we don't want to make people feel uncomfortable, but it's important to remember that feeling uncomfortable is not dangerous. You're not actually harming somebody when you share your deeply held beliefs and somebody else, it makes somebody else think, <laughs> makes somebody else feel this is okay. This is neutral, really. It's just humans doing that human thing, interacting with each other. So that's the first thing I want to talk about today is values. Know what they are, share them often, practice sharing them, and, and don't be afraid if somebody gets a little triggered by you sharing your values. Now, it's not easy to share your values in a way where you're really owning, this is my value, this is what's important to me, and I'm not saying that you need to share them, right? Sometimes we, <laughs> I'm thinking of myself specifically like at a younger age, probably I still do it. <laughs> you know, I just can, I have that, um, that ability to look back on my old self and not quite as much perspective on my current self. But I know that I definitely, when I was passionate about something, I had this, this attachment or this kind of energy behind it. Like, I know I'm right and you should think I'm right too. So that's not the type of sharing that I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is really owning your beliefs, your values, and also practicing that yoga of not trying to control others' values or beliefs, right? I think there's a difference between speaking your own values with this sense of depth of commitment and the deepest truth you know and the impact that that can have a positive impact or sometimes an uncomfortable but yet still potentially positive impact that that can have on others and like actually trying to convince people of things the two places that we tend to compromise our values are one when we try to please everybody when we refuse to take a stand because we don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. And two, when we get into survival mode, when we feel afraid for our survival. And that might seem like a little bit of hyperbole to say, you know, we're afraid of our survival, but actually it's true, especially, okay, as yoga teachers, if we are counting on uh, people showing up to our classes, to pay for our classes so that we can pay our electric bill and we can buy food, then there it's very much entwined with our survival. And so that's why to me, that's why I started studying business principles and why I teach business principles to yoga teachers, because I do not want yoga teachers to be in survival mode. And I think that there's um, a wide gap between learning business so that you can so that you can set yourself up to not be in survival mode all the time and actually show up more fully in your business and then making your business all about making money, which I don't know hardly any yoga teachers who are at risk of going down that road, frankly. <laughs> so in that sense, it's so, it's such a, I know it could be a little bit of a weird turnaround, but I believe that 
learning about business actually puts you in a position to be able to live your values more fully if you can put if you can organize your business so that you are supported, that your basic needs are taken care of, then you're in the position to offer more scholarships from this place of feeling settled and safe. For myself, one of the interesting pieces of my journey has been being supported by like my partners, like being in a position of not being the breadwinner and that's not actually stable, right? Because you're counting on someone else. But when I started learning for myself, how to support myself, that was incredibly empowering because I knew that whatever changed, I could adapt and change along with it. Okay. So just to recap that second point, the two ways that we are most likely to compromise our values are by not taking a stand and by allowing ourselves to be in survival mode. So the third and final point that I want to talk about today is how yoga principles can make you a better business owner. And I'm thinking specifically of the two-step method of yoga from the Yoga Sutras, Abhyasa and Vairagya. Abhyasa is the consistent, steady practice, that, um, that commitment to doing the work. Vairagya is a commitment to, there's different translations of it. Most essentially it translates as not coloring reality with our ideas, thoughts, and stories. So non-coloring. But to be a little bit more clear and practical with it, it's also translated as non-attachment. And we got to be very careful when we use that terminology because so I, I like to talk, I like to mention some of the different translations, because I think when you're translating from a language like Sanskrit to English, it's helpful to see some of the different ways it's translated because the actual essence of the, of the word is going to be somewhere inside that dance between the different ways it's translated. So to my understanding with Vairagya, it is about, it's actually about um, Viveka. Viveka is discernment. And so we are attempting to get to the essence of a truth instead of like the stories around it. With Abhyasa Vairagya in our, let's say our yoga practice, we are committed to a daily practice, a consistent practice over a long period of time, but we're not attached to the specific results of that practice. So a good example would be, um, let's say you're working on a asana, that is challenging for you. For me, one of my favorite asana to work on is handstand. Um, I, I love the challenge. I mean, it's endlessly challenging and it's just such a powerful container for me to practice because it kind of mm, not invites, but there's this tendency and this temptation to really focus on the achievement but the achievement doesn't happen because that's the thing about handstand. That's the thing about all asana is there's no end. There's no point where you're like, I've achieved it, right? Every single asana that you might achieve, there, there's a more extreme version that you could attempt once you've achieved this one, right? Uh, a specific variation. And so 
wow, that's the same in business, right? You could create systems to make, to work less, right? To, to make your business more efficient, but are there always more systems? Is there always more refinement you could do? Absolutely. Always. So Abhyasa Vairagya for business. You do the work without trying to micromanage the results. You learn, you do the work, you learn, you take another step, you learn. You are trying to reach a goal, but there's so many things outside of your control. And so that willingness to let go of control and that willingness to allow for it to unfold in a way that's different from how you originally thought it would unfold is a tremendous boon. It's, it's an incredible skill set as a business owner. Yoga is so helpful as a business owner. Gosh, I wonder if like one day maybe I will like branch out my niche. And instead of teaching business to yoga teachers, maybe I'll teach yoga to business owners. I don't know. Because <laughs> it's, it's really, it's really such an incredible combination. So that's my story. That's uh, what I wanted to share today. Thank you for watching. Thank you. If you're watching the replay, let me know your thoughts. Let me know your reactions. I see there, um, there's some comments. Lori said that when she started sharing her values, then she became closer to her students. And that is awesome. I love that. Maz says, I'd like to make it a business, earn money and keep my values, but I struggle with numbers as I'm reluctant to advertise, especially on social media. Maz, I don't think it's crazy at all. <laughs> Actually, I think it's completely normal. I have 100% been there. Yeah, I think that that's, it's maybe more normal to be reluctant to advertise on social media than it is normal to, to like be okay with it. I'm not really okay with it. No, let me, let me say this. I have evolved into being okay with it, but it has been about how incredibly terrified I was to be on social media, especially on video. It's, oh gosh. Well, when I first started this, like there wasn't really any social media, but the moment social media started, I was like, oh, hell no. I don't like this stuff. I'm not into this. <laughs> you know, this is the new normal. This is how you reach people. And I've made peace with it because there are some really, really wonderful, positive things about it. And I'm choosing to focus on that and to really bring the positives of social media into my life and to really set boundaries with the part that's not so positive. Now that you've heard my take on the overlap between ethics and business ownership, I'm curious to hear what you think. Did you have any aha moments from that training? Does my experience line up with yours? Or maybe you have some follow-up questions. Feel free to reach out to me at mado at teachingyoga.net and let me know what you think. Before I sign off, I want to close with a reminder to make time for self-care and your personal practice, whatever that looks like today. For me, my personal practice is a commitment to checking in with my values on a regular basis so that I can catch myself when I start to go off track. I know that going off track is going to happen. I've been alive long enough to make peace with that. So my goal is to celebrate the noticing and the course correction rather than being focused on the misstep. 
My invitation for today for you is to practice the same kindness and patience towards yourself as you extend to others. For many yoga teachers, this is an area of growth potential, and it is essential for us if we want to be a part of creating positive change in the world. It's foundational. It's fundamental. It's the very, very first ethical principle of yoga. Ahimsa. Whenever possible, cause no harm. As much as possible, cause no harm. But if we can't practice it internally, there's no way that we're going to be skillful at practicing it externally. Not in a way that actually works and is sustainable over the long run. That's all for today, my friend. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for caring enough to teach yoga.